Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you're tuning in from, thank you so much for joining us today on the Anselmi Mirshevsky Ruth and Soul podcast. Today, we are starting off episode two. I'm so happy. Uh, we've had uh, just a fantastic uh, outpouring of support from episode number one with Chris and Jeff. Uh, lots of views. It, it was great. So joining us today, we are going to have partner Kevin Worth and associate Taylor Goodwin joining us today. Hey, Kevin, how you doing today, bud? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. What are we going to be talking about today? What we're going to be talking about today is how to be successful in a law firm. That's quite a topic, eh? It is. It is. But uh, I think that you know we can at least touch on some things that might help our listeners uh, learn from what we've learned. Absolutely. So how long have you been here, Kevin? Yeah, I've uh, been an attorney here at this firm for over 11 years. I started in 2002. 11, 2011, uh, July. And I remember we were in our old building when I started, and then we came over to our new one. Um, So that's how I know exactly when it was, because it was about three months before we moved. Yeah, definitely. And that must have been quite um, an experience getting started at a law firm, coming straight out of law school into what was... uh, at the time described as a pretty strong recession. Right. I graduated in 2009. And unlike what it is now, and maybe it'll be different in a few months or a year, but what it was then was it was very difficult to get a a job right out of law school, especially one that paid very well, especially if you were not, you know, top 10% of your class. And what I found is that uh, the market, while there were jobs available, they weren't the most desirable job. So sure. I refocused what I felt was important in salary was actually very slow on the list. Um, and what I found to be true was that other things are more important, especially when you get started than just what your starting salary is. Absolutely. And we'll definitely dive into what those things are uh, in a little bit. Taylor, what about you? When did you come out of, out of law school and what was the uh, landscape like for you at that time? So I graduated law school back in 2019 from Michigan State College of Law. And when uh, before I actually graduated, I started working at Anselmi Merchewski back in 2017, the summer after my first year of law school. So I've been with the firm ever since then, a little over five years. And I think I definitely learned a lot starting as a law clerk and then transitioning over as an attorney. And that's something that I would recommend to A lot of law students, um, anyone that's just starting out in their career, is find somewhere that you think you could start your career at and just keep learning, and then you can start off, hit the ground running as an attorney. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's an invaluable experience coming straight out of law school, clerking, and then being able to transition what you learned right into your practice of law. So you were, uh, when you started here, you were a clerk, and obviously you were doing... um, probably a lot of doc review. What what were you working on at that time? It was very different, I would say, than what I'm doing now. Um, When you first start out at a law firm or as a law clerk, usually you're more reviewing documents, um, doing a lot of research, a lot of writing, those sort of things. What changed when I transitioned over as an attorney is not only are you still doing those things, but you're also um, having to do appearances as well. So whether that be court appearances Um, facilitations, mediations, um, depositions. So it definitely changed a little bit once I started practicing. But I think the reason why I was able to hit the ground running so well was because I had um, the 
basics of what it takes to kind of be an attorney and and what what you have to do. Yeah, I think uh, the foundation was laid very well as a law clerk. Uh, we actually have now a very well-rounded law clerk program uh, that we enroll, uh, obviously, any of our incoming clerks from. A lot of them are coming from the Michigan State College of Law, some from Wayne go State. Green. Yeah, go, go green, go white. We've got a lot of Michigan State uh, undergrad and law students uh, that have, have come through these doors. Uh, Kevin and Taylor are obviously two fantastic examples. So, Kevin, when you were starting out, uh, you know, previously you mentioned that the most important thing to you was not necessarily uh, the compensation, mon- monetarily, or pardon me, monetary compensation. Uh, what did you find starting out was, you know, some of the more important, um, some of the most important consideration that you gave uh, towards joining Anselmi? Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Um, You're welcome, Kevin. <laughs> the, so, I, and I preach this still today. Uh, you got to, as Taylor was saying, you got to figure out if this is the type of law you want to do, which is why law clerk experiences are so great, um, which is why I think our law clerk experience here is so great because we really do expose the law clerks to basically every element of the litigation. We even have them sitting in on those appearances that you know they can't actually do until they get their license. The... So I, I, I say, I always say, figure out if this is what you want to do, and that you know usually comes pretty quickly when you go somewhere. And then figure out if where you're working is a place that you like. I mean, do you like the culture there? Do you like the the people that work there? Do you like the office that you're in? I mean, the the commute. Those are the other things that you have to factor in. And then finally, what I like to tell people is, is if you have the place that you want to work, you like the people that you work with, and you like the work that you do, then just go and work as hard as you can at that place, and success should follow. And, and that does go with, when it comes to the success should follow and working hard, is, is having that communication with your supervising attorney and with the management group about what it takes to be successful, and and if the hard work that you're going to put in will translate into the goals that you want to accomplish in your career. And I was I had those conversations early with the management group here, and I was told that if I did certain things, those things would happen. And so far, everything has come true. It's all come true, absolutely. So, I uh, would you say that success is maybe a byproduct of hard work? Absolutely, definitely, no question. So what about uh, when you were starting out, Taylor? You know, you mentioned uh, you came to us as a law clerk. So I, I think your uh, opinion on this is, is very important because there's probably a lot of uh, clerk-aged individuals that are starting to look for their um, first, you know, entry into a law firm. So what did you find to be uh, some of the more, I don't know, how did you find your way here and what has been your most important uh, you know, leads towards success. Yeah, that's a definitely an interesting uh, topic because I think a lot of um, law students, law clerks, um, they don't really know what they want to do. So and it's, it's and it's, that's totally understandable. It is, and that's why it's so difficult. You know, your first year of law school, you've got to start looking for a job, and you have no idea what you want to do. And I was lucky to find and sell me, and I really didn't know even what it was about. Um, I came out for an interview at the Bloomfield Hills office. 
I liked the location. I really liked, I met with all the partners, really liked um, all of the partners and thought that they had a really good, um, solid base as far as um, the teams that they work on, the type of work that they do. And so, you know, I kind of, I took a chance and I ended up getting very lucky and staying here for over five years, which isn't normal. How did you approach your tasks that you were given as a law clerk and like your day? And and how did that translate to you believing, you know, to your success? I think, you know, it was a progression. When I first started, sometimes I didn't understand why we had to do certain things. So like reviewing medical records, reviewing um, discovery, like it's kind of a mundane task that you're like, why am I doing this? I feel like it doesn't matter. But kind of as you progress on as a law clerk and an attorney, you realize why that's important. And I uh, think you helped with that a lot, Kevin. Yeah, I was just going to interrupt and and just say that um, when, especially for the first year law clerks who, you know, there is a lot of record review, um, it can seem sort of, you know, onerous and, 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 and the same old thing. However, what I try to explain to them, which is really with almost every area of the law in litigation, is is getting the experience that when you've reviewed records for so long, so many times, you start to learn what things are important, what things aren't, and how to issue spot within the records. And so it's not something that you can tell somebody and have them just know right away. It's something that they have to do and learn through the process. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely would. Because you you start off doing things like that and, you know, you're taking so long to do it. And then kind of as you keep going, you get better and better at it. And like you said, you know exactly what to look for. I mean, it just now having that ability to know what to look for in medical records and discovery and um, insurance policies, documents. It just makes everything easier, preparing, kind of crafting a defense, um, that sort of thing. Definitely. So conversely, what have been some of the uh, stumbling blocks on the way to success for the young associate? I think uh, COVID was a huge one. I started out uh, doing Zoom appearances. I went to court for the first time. I think it was probably a year ago. I've only gone maybe 10 times. So that was, I think, the biggest hurdle is, you know, you're kind of, especially if you're working from home, you're kind of there by yourself. And it's like, you know, you got to figure it out. So I think that was really difficult. But one thing that helped was having everyone at Anselmi at my disposal. You know, if I had any questions, sometimes I'd be in the middle of a deposition, the middle of a court appearance, and I'd, you know, we'd go off the record, I'd give Kevin a call, I'd bounce some ideas off um, other attorneys. So I think there's ways to combat that. I mean, Zoom isn't going away. Yeah, absolutely. And this seems like an appropriate time to plug episode number one of the podcast, uh, which goes over the new Michigan court rule as it regards to Zoom appearances and Zoom hearings. So you can find that at a-mlaw.com. Dot com. Uh, you can find that on Spotify. You can find it on iTunes. Anywhere where podcasts and media is consumed, we are there, including YouTube. So, Kevin, what about you? What would you say uh, would be one of the – so when you when you came up, Zoom wasn't really a thing yet, right? So what do you feel has been some of the uh, – maybe the stumbling blocks that you faced early on in your career, uh, as well as what you are seeing some of the young associates maybe uh, having, having difficulty uh, starting to grasp? Um, distractions outside the office, right? I mean, life can get in the way. And it's how much do you let life get in the way 
to the goals that you want to establish in your career. Um, well, yeah, and how much does are you willing to pour into your employer? How much is your employer willing to pour into you? Right, and, and, and I say that with the idea that, of course, there are certain things that you have to put first, and I'm not saying that there's not, but what I, I guess what I am saying is, is that I think that even then, but and especially true now, is that people are very easily distracted from what's important. And to me, what's important at someone like in Taylor's career is to learn, is to learn and to get better every day at your craft. It's a practice. They say the practice of law, that means that you're learning every day, you're getting better every day. And that's why people who have 30 years of practice are usually um, you know, more equipped to, to do more than someone with 30 days of practice, right? So I think that the young associates... Um, sometimes they get distracted by things that aren't important. For instance, um, the shiny new toy, the shiny new offer from another law firm that um, promises you things that you really don't know if they're true or not. Um, maybe in thinking that a, a certain income level is more important than experience. Um, so, so to me, I think some of the things that can be a pitfall is just being distracted from your ultimate goal. And what we preach here in interviews and Mike, I know you sit on some of those as well. That yeah, what we absolutely do is we tell everyone, even if we think you'd fit here or not, is that the number one thing you should be doing is learn is finding a place that you believe you're going to become the best lawyer possible. Because success and salary and and all those things will follow when you find a place that will teach you how to do things the right way, and that you're willing to learn and accept and take those uh, teachings and put them into practice. Yeah, absolutely. And also somewhere you feel comfortable at too, because. Um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard if you don't feel comfortable talking to, you know, your superior attorneys, the attorneys you work under, the partners, then it makes things more difficult. So I think you have to keep like that open flow of communication. You have to make sure, you know, that, that you have a good relationship because that really makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. You have um, associate friends who are at different firms who they don't have that relationship. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's, that is very true. And I think that's one of the best things about our firm is, you know, whether I work under obviously Kevin, um, whether it be if I'm, you know, reaching out to him or any other attorney in our firm, everyone's really collaborative. We all work together. We have our meetings every Monday where all attorneys kind of bounce things off each other. So that's something that I really think, you know, makes our firm different than others. Definitely. The culture of law firms uh, over the last even five to 10 years is completely different than maybe it was 15 years ago. So I I think that's a great point that should never be overlooked is, uh, you know, even if it's not here, find somewhere that you feel comfortable, that you look forward to going to, that you're not having anxiety attacks before you walk in that front door. Uh, I think if you talk to anybody who's been involved in law firms over, you know, 10 years, they will have stories uh, like that. So I, I, we put a pretty high emphasis on the right person, uh, the right fit and uh, cultural, as in what what are you bringing? What are you adding to the firm in, in a positive way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the team approach uh, that we have here, uh, we have individual teams of attorneys like pods, but we also have just this team um, mentality of the entire firm, um, which yeah, has take, been very uh, Mark's uh, nice old billboards around the office promoting that. Yes, yep. And uh, we, you know, we we hold 
true to that. We we have team meetings, as Taylor said. We we discuss upcoming assignments um, as a group um, so that everyone can kind of learn from a discussion that I might have with Taylor about a certain motion for summary disposition. It, it helps everyone if they can sit in the room and, and listen to us talk about the certain you know exactly. highlighted issues in that motion. Especially with like the people working from home remotely, like because we have a very hybrid environment right now. You know, it's nice to keep that open line of communication because even though they're at home by themselves, they have, you know, a whole firm at their disposal. We like to keep people on the same files. Um, so if you're going to work a file up with the with the attorney um, at the start, we'd like you to, to be on it through the whole process so you can see and learn, especially with the law clerks, how things work. We also like to... Um, introduce our associate attorneys to clients. Um, one of the things that's been very different in since COVID is our ability to interact with clients. Uh, there used to be the days where you would go to Wayne County um, and sit in uh, the hallway and talk to uh, a client for hours while you were waiting for the judge to um, let you go or, or to, to, to schedule something. Uh, you would get to know clients and, and, and build relationships. Well, th- those avenues of communication uh, are few and far between now. So what we have to do and what we are doing with our associates and law clerks is introducing them to clients in our other ways, like the, through Zoom, through um, email, through telephone calls. I like to bring Taylor and my other associates in on my conference calls with the adjusters so that they can hear that Taylor's also working on the file with me and that if they have any specific questions for Taylor – um, or me that we can both answer them um, accordingly and that giving them that uh, our associates that introduction to the clients I think is something that also separates us from a lot of our competitors and I believe and Taylor you can correct me if I'm wrong that when you start to gain a relationship with the client there's a little bit more um, ownership you have on the file and you have more accountability and you you, you care more about the work product because you have and you know the face you know the the face to the name on the other end of the the email would you agree I think that's huge and I know Chris Endress I've heard him say it time and time again is you know pick up the phone those phone calls are huge it's really easy now with uh, COVID the Zoom days to just send over an email and just kind of ignore it after that so I think you know you have to take that next step and make the phone call get the relationship started because like you said Kevin you really start to care about the files once you know you know that you're actually working for a person rather than just a company you know exactly who you're working with yeah and i think as it keeps with what you guys are saying as far as staying on the same files the opportunity for growth within uh, any type of vertical so if you're on one client's files well then the same person is going to be sending over things so can you speak to the opportunity for growth uh at, at the firm here yeah i mean i think that Um, what's nice about working on files with, you know, the same adjuster or the same client is you start to learn what they like. So, you know, you know, this client is really aggressive. They like filing a lot of motions. So, you know, you have that mentality out the door. You take the deposition, you have that in mind that they're going to want to be aggressive. Then there's some clients who really want to work a file up, do a lot of research, um, really understand everything. And so I think when you have those relationships with clients um, and repeat work like that, you start to learn what they like and, you know, that will create better results for not only yourself, but also them as well. Yeah, one thing that they don't really teach you in law school is the 
all the elements of being a, a lawyer or a successful litigator that isn't just winning the motion or writing the best brief. It, it, there, there is um, an element of client um, communication, client relationship that you have to, to build. And the more exposure that you get to clients and, and how to interact with them, uh, I, I truly believe the more uh, the better you can be for it. Uh, the more approachable you are, the more confident you can be next time you talk to that client or, or maybe you want to meet a new client or one of their coworkers to try and, you know, talk to them about also doing work with them. So what would you both say would be maybe one or two of the best tips that you were given as you were starting out? Or what is one of the, one or two of the best tips that you could give uh, now to an associate maybe who's who's just, you know, just getting ready to, to pass the bar or is in their second or third year of practice, what is some advice uh, that you would be able to give to them? Well, I would say I'll start. We'll maybe yeah, go back go and it. forth. My first one would be um, become indispensable to your supervising attorney. Um, that can mean a lot of different things, but really it's think about it this way. At some point, there's going to be a decision made about you. It doesn't have to always be bad or good, but there will be discussions about you that's no matter where you go. And so, you want your supervising attorney to say, that woman or that man is amazing. I need that person on my team. I want to keep that person. That person helps me in ways that you know uh, others, associates don't. So take that opportunity to, to just become completely indispensable to that supervising attorney, and it will definitely get you far when it comes to you know the success and your growth in a firm. One thing that uh, Kevin used to always, and he still says it to me, is – the most prepared attorney more times than not is the one that prevails. And so I think that's huge is prepare, prepare, prepare. You know, you won't be as nervous when you go to a deposition, a motion. If you take that extra time preparing and not only, you know, knowing all the facts, but also knowing all your arguments through and through, knowing case law that supports it, knowing case law that's against it, just try to anticipate anything that could be thrown at you. And I think that has helped me a lot and made me feel more confident as an attorney is just taking that extra time to really understand what's going on. Yeah. The anticipation is key. If you can predict, uh, not necessarily the outcome of something, but what maybe an attorney needs or a staff needs at that time, if you, if you can anticipate wants and needs, I, I think you're ahead of the game for sure. Yeah. And that's also true with like filing handling as well. I know, Kevin, you know, always says when you work on a file, you're not just touching it and then you're done with it. You also have to kind of look forward and and see what else has to be done on this. What else can I do right now? You have to be proactive at all times. Yeah. And willing to really put in the extra, go the extra mile. I don't think any of us would have found this profession or this industry if we were not ready to go the extra mile or, or at least wanting to. Yeah. Another point would be that this isn't a nine to five job. or if you treat it like a nine to five job, that's the result you're going to get is the results of how you would treat a nine to five job. This is a career for me. I know it's a career for Taylor and and careers take hard work to, to get established and ask any successful person in a career. It's, they worked really hard, especially at the early stages to, to get to where they are now. And so, you know, I guess I would implore young people to understand that it's, it's not nine to five, you know, the early bird gets the worm and the late person, who, who works late. The nice thing too with COVID um, and, and, and the upgrade and all of everyone's technology is that now you can go home and you can take a few hours off and, and get, you know, the shower in or the workout you in or the meal that you need in. And then you can go back to work for a few hours at home. 
and with uh, the new technology that you know we've all been forced to adapt to um, has allowed us to do a lot of um, you know working from home it allows associates to continue to work on files and not have to be here burning the midnight oil yeah much like anything you get out what you put in right so if just like in anything in life, if you're going to go the extra mile, you will reap the rewards. You reap what you sow just like anywhere else. So do you guys have any other uh, tips, ask tricks? Qu- ask questions. Yeah, that was going to be something that I recommended as well is, you know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. As a new attorney, you know, volunteer to do that motion, to do that deposition. You know, put yourself out there and you're definitely going to reap the benefits and learn a lot. Go to the... Uh, Go to the meetings that uh, a lot of the legal community has. The Oakland County Bar Association has things. The Wayne County Bar has things. The state bar has things. And then if you're specific to an individual like area of law, you know, for instance, we do insurance defense. We try to go to all the different uh, meetings that would other insurance attorneys and other adjusters would also gather at. So things like that, getting your name out there. Yeah, yeah. networking. And then also, like, staying up on the law, too. Like, Kevin and I, I know I have conversations all the time, especially in no-fault context. The law is ever-changing. So it's really important to kind of have one foot ahead and always, you know, trying to stay ahead of what the case law is, what the law is currently. Um, that's very helpful. Definitely. So, hey. Uh, last one. Understand where your supervisors came from. You know, in in. And I know it's different for you, and we're all trying to learn from each other, but find out what their story is. Find out what they had to do to get to where they are, because that'll help you realize what you need to do to get to where they are. Yeah, I think you were the one that helped me yeah. realize not everyone has a perfect journey, and no. you know, everyone has a different journey to get where they are, and it really helps understanding that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Kevin, if anybody has any questions, where th- can uh, they get a hold of you at? They can send me an email at kwirth at a-mlaw.com or give me a call, 248-338-2290, extension 227. And, Taylor, where can uh, our listeners be able to contact you at? My email is t-g-o-o-d-w-i-n at a-mlaw.com. And same number that Kevin said, except my extension is 247. Well, my extension is 258. So what's up, everybody? If you want to get a hold of us or if you're interested in uh, coming on, appearing on an episode, if you have something that you'd like to discuss, um, even maybe sponsor, who knows? Feel free to get a hold of us at uh, at any time. Uh, we will be out at the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer uh, Race for a Cure coming up in October. So if you see us, if you hear us, uh, make sure that you reach out and say hi. Uh, if you'd like to join us, get a hold of us uh, as well. Again, thank you so much for listening. You can find us at a-mlaw.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere where podcast media is consumed. Thank you so much, everybody.